0: Hello and welcome to the overly animated podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation. Inclu- we talk everything animation here, including BoJack Horseman, which we're we'll getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Andy Potter, Hello, Sam Quattro, Hello, and Alex Bonilla. Hola. Uh, we, today we are continuing our season five BoJack Horseman recaps. Uh, this time, getting into episodes four and five of season five: BoJack the Feminist and the Amelia Earhart story. Um, check out our previous BoJack Season 5 podcast. We've had a recap on the entire season, and Alex did a recap of the first three episodes uh, as well, and we're going to be making our way in chunks of one to three episodes throughout the rest of Season 5, um, after we've already given our takes on the whole season. Now we're looking back from the perspective of already having seen the entire season, so we'll be starting with a non-spoiler segment here. No spoilers past Episode 5 of BoJack Season 5, but but then when I say... Yes, spoilers. We'll be talking as if we have seen the whole season, so you should get out if you have not yet binged the entirety of season five. Um, check yeah, out overlyanimated.com for all of that. Us uh, on iTunes at overlyanimated.com slash iTunes, or our YouTube is youtube.com slash animated. Okay, so Bojack the Feminist and the Amelia Earhart story. No spoilers yet. Andy, uh, overall impressions of these two episodes?
1: I definitely think that episode five is stronger than episode four in terms of, like, which one I liked more. Four was the, uh, I guess, the obligatory, this is our issue we're going to deal with this season, We're going to talk about episode, like, the abortion episode or the gun episode from previous seasons. And overall, I think this one kind of falls flat at places. I think the more interesting parts of this episode are the parts where we talk about the actual plot of the season and not the actual issue, which is too bad, because I kind of wanted this to be good. Because I like – because obviously since we're doing this podcast, we like this issue in general. we not like this issue, but we want to see this issue portrayed. We're big fans uh, but, of male feminism here, Andy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The, the issue is that uh, I don't – I think the stronger parts of this episode in general are the parts like the ending where Anna brings up the tape recorder for Diane. And I think the weaker parts are the parts where we just don't go far enough with things because – we all know how Bojack's going to react to this kind of thing being said, like you're a male feminist. Like it, it didn't go anywhere. I wanted it to go. It just went to the places that I expected and just wasn't surprising, which I don't like with this show. But on the other hand, the Amelia Earhart story is just everything I want. I want princess Carolyn backstory. I love it. Every time it's heartbreaking. It's complex. I don't really, I never really know how it's going to go, but at the same time, I always know that it's never going to end happily for her. And it just doesn't. And it's just, heartbreaking and i want princess carolyn to have something happy in her life and it just never happens and this episode was just great i really loved it a lot
2: nice
0: okay uh sam what are your thoughts on four and five
2: uh there they are two of my favorite episodes of the season in fact five in my official sam rankings tm is my favorite episode of the season uh Mostly because they have like that hashtag relatable feel to them, which is always the big point in things that I like, of course. Uh, you know, BoJack the Feminist really touched on all the male feminist stuff that goes on all the time, and I think it did a really good job with that. Amelia Earhart's story touched upon, you know, living your life and just what happens and family relationships that suck it's great i love it 10 out of 10
0: 10 out of 10 okay high praise from sam here alex uh your your take on these two episodes
3: um, Bojack the Feminist I think is probably the best of the so- social commentary episodes that Bojack Horseman has done so far and I think it's because they managed to tie it into the story of the season whereas the previous episodes it feels it's been it felt more like one-offs whereas this episode I think did much better in tying it into the main characters that we have connections to and so that makes it have a bigger impact and well, it's not as absurd as, as stuff like "rap, rap, pew, pew," for example. But like, I, I think that it gets its mess because of that. It's man, it manages to get its message across much clearer while still being funny enough to be like a BoJack-style episode. So I really enjoyed BoJack the Feminist on Second Watch, and uh, yeah, the the Princess Carolyn episode is also very interesting because obviously her backstory has been sprinkled in throughout the seasons. But like, if it, so, whenever we get like a an episode dedicated to that, it it always feels like you're actually learning a lot about how she is, the, the way she is. And so get, getting all, all these scenes, especially with her mother, like ends up revealing a lot about Princess Carolyn that just may, gives her a lot more depth that she needs, especially in, in this season. And I, I just really li- liked it a lot. But I, I, my main takeaway from rewatching is that Bojack the Feminist was better than on the first watch.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah, I really like these two episodes. I think they're both, uh, two of my favorites, although not necessarily like super, super top tier Bojack episodes. Um, I disagree with two things that have been said. One is, um, the Bojack is the best commentary episode. I'll definitely take Brat, Brat, Pew, Pew, and also Thoughts and Prayers over Bojack the Feminist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thoughts and Prayers is about in the same tier as Bojack the Feminist, but I love Brat, Brat, Brat Pew. I mean, I don't, I, I think, and I also disagree with Andy in that the, uh, the plot parts of Bojack the Feminist are better than the, the commentary parts. I actually, hate the Anna parts of this episode and I, not even hate's a strong word. It's, they're just boring. And anytime uh, we're getting like these amazing quotes, which I'm gonna <laughs> to sprinkle throughout this, this, this podcast, this episode is the best quotes. Like the commentary parts of this episode are what makes it great. Um, the problem is it has a bad B plot with, uh, Mr. Peanut Butter trying to be tough. Ugh. And then, um, also, I think the Anna parts don't super integrate well into the, like, I'm not interested in the tape part of this. Like, you know, I know it's ultimately more interesting throughout the season, but in terms of just watching this episode, I'm more interested in the male feminism commentary. Um, and I think that that's excellent. So, um, I think that's like, those things are what's holding Bojack the Feminist back from being like a truly great episode. Whereas, um, the Amelia Earhart story doesn't really have a bad B-plot. I think like what's great about this episode is the B-plot is, um, the backstory or depending on how you look at it could be princess caroline in the present like that's the ab structure this is the first episode where they're playing with um the uh the different um narrative uh Structures, there's like a string of episodes starting with this one throughout the through like four or five in the season. Um, and uh, that's why this episode's like really strong is because there's no like uh, uh, there's there's no really bad part. I think the, the plot stuff integrates pretty well with like Princess Carolyn calling everyone. I think that really works um, with her character. Um, I guess what holds the episode back for me are the parts of her in the present. I think those are like much less interesting than the flashbacks. Like the flashbacks are like what's incredible about this episode. Um, but then her talking to Sadie in the present is fine. Um, but it didn't, it wasn't like super innovative. It wasn't like super, uh, good for me. Um, but still overall, yeah, I think, I think five's uh, going to be stronger for me, but they're, and they're both really good episodes. Um, but what are we going to get into first? We can, I think we can get into, uh, Bojack the Feminist first here as, uh less meat to talk about i don't know depend depending on how you view it I, I, my outline is much longer for this episode that's just because i have a million quotes in here which i want to get into um but uh yeah we talked we talked at the uh this is the commentary episode for the season um you know definitely it definitely like compares to a thoughts and prayers from from last season um the, the topical but this is like a uh merger of a commentary on these uh, bad boy uh, types. This is like a Mel Gibson uh, character, um, kind of directly based on him, Vance Wagoner. And then also commentary on um, male feminist feminism being told through through men. Um, Alex, how do you think that like kind of these concepts merge uh, in the episode? Uh, Do you think it's like successful messaging?
3: I think so. At least I, I found it to be much clearer than like the gun control messages in in, pre- in previous season or the abortion message in Rep, Rep, you Like this one is very straightforward, right? That the, the cycle continues on in Hollywood that we have these big stories of people being called out, but then they always manage to find their way back into things where they sne- sneak their way in. So, somehow. And like that's exactly how it works with Vance Wagner that he goes on these apology tours. He does something else bad, and then he comes back in. And then Princess Carolyn is the one who provides him the opportunity, like, oh, well, we need a bad a bad boy type, right? He fits. And so the the, the cycle of Hollywood just continues like that and all, also tying it in is the, the whole idea that uh, feminism is touted as something important to in in society more, more now. But at the same time, while we consider feminism important, people are still not giving the attention to women when they talk about these things. And men, when they support feminism, to the point of Bojack saying something very obvious, he gets praised for it. But something that when a woman would say it just does, doesn't get that same reaction. And so that just shows the... The hypocrisy in in society that way so i think that this episode in terms of integrating those messages i think it just gets it across much clearer and much more to the point which what is what i think sometimes you need for social commentary episodes like this
0: Nice. Yeah, I should say um, we're going to get into spoilers now for the whole season. I should have put that up after the initial thoughts. So spoilers Psych. for all of season five yeah. of BoJack. Really, we're just going to keep talking on the subject and it's not really a spoilers conversation. Um, but I'm just saying spoilers are now possible for the entire season of season five of BoJack. Okay, Um yeah, I, th- I think that's a good point that the commentaries may be less muddled. I think we've talked about how BoJack has, um, it, it goes absurdist, sometimes dilutes its commentary. This episode is very, uh, very much has, uh, has points it's trying to make and gets there in a very direct way. Um, Sam, did that, did that work for you? The, the messaging and, uh, the direct messaging and how it tied both the Vance Wagner and the male feminism, uh, parts together?
2: Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, the male, the, 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 what's his face, Mans Wagner, that guy, uh, I don't know, it's hard to, like, think about because of just what's happening in this life that we're all living in nowadays, (laughs) and just, like, you know, what exactly is going on, and, you know, Mans Wagner is that kind of guy who does, like, you know, get away with shit all the time, and... You know, people like BoJack just saying, oh yeah, obviously you shouldn't choke women, that's bad, blah 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 blah. That's kind of akin to just like dudes on Twitter being like, you know, stating the obvious, right? And I think that really worked, for me at least. You know, the minimum requirement... For men to be seen as good in a lot of people's eyes is not to choke women or not to like do this, that, and the other, which is just what you shouldn't do as a human being to begin with. And I think that commentary was good. I think, you know, the absurdist turn that they
1: did with that whole thing, I think it was nice.
0: Yeah, Andy, how about you? How did the messaging work for you?
1: I don't know. I'm listening to what you're saying, and I realize that I've, I realize now that I've had a very different reaction to the episode than you three because when I watched it, I guess because it is funny. I recognize the episode was very funny. I agree with you, Dylan, that there's a lot of one-liners that just I was very into in this episode. But when I was getting to the like the message they're trying to get across, I don't know. I was just going like, yeah, that's how it is. Like that's how. Like that's this is this is right. Like, and I guess I was more just like agreeing with the message more than into what how they were portraying it if that makes sense and that might just be something wrong with how I viewed it less with the episode because I was just sitting down to binge the show and just trying to get through the show because I wanted to see it I wanted to see how the show this season went and that might have affected how I viewed this message because I was just like yeah nodding along like yeah I know this this is how I view the world I agree with the show right now and so that might have affected it and I don't know because I definitely had a very different reaction to this. I did like this stuff with Anna at the end of this episode And I remember seeing it and it happening and being like, oh, I really want to get to the next episode now. I want to see how this goes. I'm glad this is coming back. This plot line is coming back again. So So, so you may be more into like
0: the context of the the season overall and the character arcs.
1: Yeah, Mm. because even when I'm saying this, because I had this effect when like in in just watching the episode alone, like I'm not talking from a season perspective. I was into this when it was alone. And that's a very different reaction than it seems like you guys had.
3: Well, I I will uh, agree with Andy that this feels more like rather than a message per se like it feels like showing a spotlight on something that maybe not everyone is aware of. But if you're already aware of it existing then the the episode doesn't really present you know a solution or i guess uh, like a way to move forward it's just like yeah this is the way things are in hollywood right now and maybe uh, to some people may have not have noticed this but maybe if if you already noticed this then you're just like yeah that's right this is how it happens but what do you do from there like this episode presents it uh, by the end of the episode it's basically well, yeah, put your messages in the television show show run by men or like me or like you put 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 yourself behind the men who present these messages and help them out. Like that seems to be the ending message, which doesn't doesn't feel as um, cathartic as maybe you would hope considering the setup of this episode.
0: Yeah, in terms of this being a direct uh... Uh, Bojack's most direct messaging episode. Um, I think it's even more striking when you think of it from the perspective of there's one scene in this episode where Diane like literally takes out a whiteboard and lectures us on normalizing. Um, like that's kind of crazy that this show is, uh, so directly portraying a moral viewpoint to the audience. Um, it's like considering how, how we've came from season one where I feel like we weren't even that progressive to now where we're literally preaching like having like a, a Ted talk on this from Diane I
2: thought it was great it was I, I mean that. I liked
0: it um I wonder how entertaining it is um you know like I certainly well, like that the they managed to throw,
3: throw in jokes into this into the the whole lecture thing anyway like it's like Ellen d- dancing did for gay people or for, really for lip syncing that like
2: thing I've been thinking about because I was like why is Ellen so safe to the straight people it's because she dances with them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I, like, yeah. yeah I, I, I
0: agree with the commentary and it's, it's like, it's also, I don't know, it's like basic commentary. It's like what Alex is saying. Like, we already agree with what they're saying here. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is true. This is what normalizing is. This is a, a good point. But I don't know when I, especially when I compare it to some of the, uh, it's compared to the times up, the highly contentious times up stuff from the last episode of the season. Um, I feel like humor wise, this is just like 10, 10 tiers below anything we're doing in that episode. You know, like most mm-hmm. of this stuff is pretty, is, it, it's like pretty straightforward forward portraying a viewpoint I feel like um, this is maybe getting into the show having some trouble integrating like really funny stuff and uh, really good uh, progressive viewpoint stuff Um,
3: well see I I think this goes back to our argument about absurdism versus uh, topical humor right because uh, it's the same thing with rap rap pew pew like some people really love that episode but then there's the other side it's like this is just so out there that like it feels like I'm sure it's funny but like it's not getting the message across so like I I think that that's kind of just the thing with Bojack like it can only it can go to one side it goes to the other side but those two sides don't don't go together like that's- it's either go all the way over the top or stay on topic but maybe the humor is more direct more one-liner
1: heavy
0: yeah I think I think the show's capable of doing both it hasn't really yet but I mean if any show on TV can do both. I think it is this show. I think that's this is one big thing the show can improve on moving forward is being capable of being like super absurdist funny and having mm-hmm. direct moral messages together. Like personally I guess I'm much more on the absurdist side. Like Brap Rap pew too, pew to me is like ten times a better episode than Bojack the Feminist. Like I'm in love with that episode and I I'm I I'm okay with the the viewpoint being diluted. Um, because I think that we the audience is capable of understanding what we're trying to see here through some of this kind of uh, absurdist layer that's being presented on top. Like I think the uh, it coming across um, you know crazy funny and uh, and like having this element of uh, over the top satire. Like to me, that's much more successful this over the top satire than literally Diane uh, lecturing us. Although I did enjoy that too, just to a much lesser extent. It kind of
2: reminds me of the show The Good Place a little bit, right? Because that's a show where it does have, you know, those hashtag life lessons uh, that are integrated into a really funny plot, right? Um, I don't know. I don't really agree with your viewpoint here, Dylan, but I see what you mean. Yeah, Didn't I mean, I'm not. I'm you. not saying I'm right. I feel right.
0: like it's just you know a personal perspective on it. Um, it's just what you enjoy more out, more out of TV. I'm not necessarily making a a moral statement or anything. You know, it's just like I I'm enjoying this more entertainment-wise out of BoJack.
2: Shut up and tell jokes.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That's what I want from but Bo- no. But uh, then again, I like some of the time when the Bojack is is trying to, Bojack is trying to be more like uh just simplistically like sitcomy funny, that's when I hate it the most. So, um it's an inter- it's interesting. There's all these layers that the of uh, of humor that the uh, humor versus like messaging that the show is getting into. One reason um getting back to this episode specifically, I think this episode would have been more successful 2 years ago. Um, I think, uh, this episode feels mm-hmm. old. Um, this episode is commenting on Mel Gibson. Um, and it feels very pre-Times Up. Um, like, I, you can tell that the majority, and I believe I did read in an interview that the majority, this episode was written before most of the Times Up stuff happened. Um, like, why are we commenting on Mel Gibson, um, like a type figure, not a Harvey Weinstein type figure? It, you know, like, that, that, yeah.
1: But they kind of did do that later in the season with, the sex robot, where it's kind of that absurd like messaging thing, they almost did it. It felt like they almost wrote that episode, even. And right, right. I think, didn't. I think,
0: I think this uh, this season, what it fe- what it feels like to me, this season was written over like six months or something. This yeah. episode was written pre times up. The finale is written post times up. Like that's. De- definitely, what it comes across as, yeah, and so but at like, the
3: same time, I think that this me- uh, the this episode casts a wide enough net that it still applies to the people who caught up in the Times Up movement too. Where it's like they're that they we focus uh, media is focusing on them right now as getting punished, right? But then, like six months later, they pop up doing comedy sets and like they're trying to find their way back in. So like it's it's still the same thing. So I think that the, this episode is still just as valid before uh, before the movement as after the movement yeah, because yeah. It, it it it's wide enough encompassing that it doesn't feel like it's a it's a niche like i i get that you're using mel gibson a lot but at least to me i think that they did a good enough job of making just be like a, a generic bad per like a generic person who's been caught up in scandal
0: yeah, I and I agree with that. I think that uh like the character I've read when in introduced is based on Mel Gibson, but I agree it's directly applied. Uh like you can apply it to Louis C.K. as you're getting as you're hinting at now. Um and I think like I think it would have been better if this character was Louis C.K. instead of Mel Gibson. But he still is enough of a generic type that it, it does apply to a lot of stuff that's that's happening now. Um, we do get into um, you know, like sexual violence stuff with the, the with the choking women. Um, but a lot of it is um, you know, but it's also like mixed in with general uh, bad boy commentary. Like this, this it's, it's like centered on like, oh, he's this bad boy guy getting these bad boy roles, stop rewarding. Like, like it's 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 a message that um that encompasses a lot of things. It would have felt revelatory two years ago, and now it still feels applicable. Um, but less uh, specific to our current time would be my point i guess um so and i think it's maybe a consequence of how long animation takes to to to, to make and uh yeah this you know but it's it's still it's still it's still valid you, know, you can still have this 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 sort of commentary but especially compared to like the last episode i feel like it 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 feels um le- it feels less uh, less specific then again you know if you're someone who wasn't into as into the messaging of the last episode then maybe you enjoy this 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 one a lot more in terms of uh, the viewpoint portrayed here um, but I think there's still a lot of uh, great commentary with uh, with Vance Wagner. I guess we can get into that stuff first. Like I said, there's kind of like the Vance Wagner stuff. There's the male feminism stuff. They intersect. I do think they integrate with both of them really well into this episode. Um, and that's like one of the stronger points here. But we see the backstory of Vance Wagner. He's... Um, He's, uh, he gets arrested in the beginning. Um, he goes on to uh, directly Mel Gibson tirade, talking about the Jews. And then uh, next thing is he's starring in a Sandy Kilfax movie, which I thought was incredible. <laughs> uh, That's that a very, very direct uh, commentary there. Then he's on uh, Tom Grum- Grumbo Jumbo's new show, Gotcha. Um, which not- is just in the same set. Like, <laughs> is this at the new show? Is it just like a segment during his new show?
3: Or I, think he, I think he just
1: does like five shows. And this is, yeah. this is his yeah. show. <laughs> And he just sits in the same studio for like 10 hours a day, just going from show to show to show. Yeah, I love the new guy. I love late, and later Bojack's like,
0: oh, no, is this Gotcha? Am I the Gotcha? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he doesn't know what said he's on. It's great.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even clear that he was on the Gotcha show later. Yeah, I think yeah, I
1: think no. he thought he was on a different one
0: yeah <laughs> uh but yeah it's I, lo- I love uh the the, the new capture thing and it's it's uh, throughout the entire episode here um we get the commentary on he's an immature child of 38 um pretty pretty direct thing there um this tape he left for his 14 year old daughter um, yeah, this is the
3: alec baldwin thing i guess
0: yeah, yeah. a lot a lot of a lot of things and then uh he's always standing next to someone who he offends like uh the uh, the jewish celebrity and then the swedish celebrity later yeah that's right i hate i hate Swedes now. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then it's, it's five, we're five years later past that. And, uh, he's, uh, we're, we're calling on him to be, uh, Philbert's partner, the, the bad boy character. Um, great, a great, uh, intro, I think to the, to the episode with, with all of this backstory to, to, to Vance Wagner. Um, and then we get into the stuff with the We Forgive You Awards. Um, <laughs> Alex, what did you think of the, the We Forgive You Awards? I mean, that's the kind of, direct stuff that bojack does
3: as jokes that i like like it's like, it's like oh of course in this universe there's like an awards just for forgiveness that makes sense
0: yeah uh, but we integrate diane she's to write uh takedown piece on him uh like this like the the joke about uh nickis and ncis yeah. by the way mm-hmm.
1: I, I think that joke was funnier before diane called it out because kate and i were watching <laughs> and we figured it out like a second before diane said it and we were, thought it was really funny and then the then The show explained the joke, and it was like, Okay, that was a little you took it a step too far.
3: The well, explanation was for me because I didn't it get it. It was
2: awesome. also,
3: <laughs> it was a little I explaining. Yeah.
2: Who the, gives the, a shit the, about NCIS?
3: Yeah, the, the funny no, part was BoJack was like,
0: No, like, <laughs> like
2: yeah, to point yeah. Out,
3: like that, that's a nice punchline
0: yeah um the uh i I love i love the thing with uh bojack he makes this uh stink face at the cheese at the award ceremony and everyone's like commenting about everyone's trying to talk about how he uh was commenting on uh vance wagner and uh, like applying his messages to him this is like absolutely something we do i think i feel like um yeah (laughs) is something we've uh directly (laughs) seen recently in award ceremonies um and uh, just mm, be- I may- wonder
2: who about
0: yeah what well, was Brie Larson right um with yep. uh, yeah Br-
2: Brie Larson was Casey Affleck which which is totally justified by the way
0: yeah and people and she it's just, just so like usually. looked kind of upset and then everyone's like uh, f- f- saying what she meant uh, it's a, g- a great commentary on that um that that's another this episode has so many things that really do uh, ring- so many like specific uh like satire things that like really do ring true that's another great example of that um if the squawk. Um, have we seen the squawk before, or is this new? I, I think this is new. <laughs> one of the one of co hosts just says squawk, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: it's like the talk, but the squawk,
0: but the birds, like, and then one of them is actual bird. I don't, I don't, I don't
2: know. know if they got the actual talk co hosts. I don't think Shannon Osborne was in there at oh, all. Oh yeah, were, Sh- they,
0: were they directly based on them? Were they voiced? But yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Bojack is on here, and he, then he eventually gets a standing ovation for saying uh, it's bad to choke women yeah um, <laughs> by the way this yeah this we we pointed this out in our season long thing but this this part uh with the choke women thing is uh really dark looking back on the season um, yes it is <laughs> uh
1: considering i finished the season last night <laughs> i forgot this happened that is really dark yeah this is a cast <laughs> much less fun now I yeah
0: mean. um yeah they're all like oh it's refreshing to hear a man say that not to choke women um Definitely like a pretty, pretty blatant uh, message, uh, like uh, parallel we're trying to get into here with uh, over the top uh, about this. But uh, I think it's it's something that is um, rings true enough when we keep hitting on it the whole time. OK, here's all the male feminism quotes I want to say. OK, so um, first of all, um, Bojack says, is it possible that this whole time I've been an amazing feminist hero and nobody knew it?
2: Um, no. That's right. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Then
0: he says, Yeah, I'm a male feminist. Well, you're welcome, society.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> well, I
3: I I love this portion here because it, it ties into just how Bojack works, right? Like, he's like, Well, uh joking, your wife is not bad. But he gets applause, and that's what's like, oh, okay, I gotta buy yeah. into this. Like, because at the end of the day, it's all about him and about him getting praise. So he'll do anything that he needs to do that. In this case, it's just supporting the latest cause to him, which is this
0: yeah um it's 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 great so many so much good stuff here and then bojack also says i'm just gonna stay here being woke um Mm -hmm. yeah all these are me these are these i yeah all that dylan just always just says i'm just gonna stay here
2: being woke yeah
0: that's my constant state of being
3: yeah do you want to emulate bojack in this episode do you really
0: yes of course you do he's an an amazing feminist hero of course Mm. course you (laughs) do (laughs) <laughs> um mm. yeah here's another one uh all they need to listen to uh to women is the right voice a man's voice <laughs> oh. another great one um it turns out the problem with feminism all along was it just wasn't men doing it we're much less shrill mm. um yeah um diane says just sprinkling a few words like intersectionality or microaggressions and vice news will name you feminist of the year
2: I mean, that's true. Vice News has very low standards.
0: Um, and Bojack says, Oh, should I wear a t shirt that says feminist, feminism is bay?
1: Uh, girls love that shit, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I love his shirt. Because his, it said bae, like, like bay, like B A Y instead yes. of bay. It's so good. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we have uh, three great male feminists uh, on this podcast in order to comment on the. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Ow. laughs> Jesus <Jeez laughs> Christ. Yeah. You guys all just fucking
1: do that. <laughs>
0: Andy, as a male feminist, did you relate to the, bo- oh, this the oh, Bojack is every in this episode? Every day of my life, Dylan. Yeah.
1: I tell all my co workers, all my, all my women co workers, uh, that uh, they're lucky that I'm around to protect them and help them and advocate <laughs> for them. That's what I do all the time.
0: Good. Yeah. As as you should, uh, says yeah. Bojack here. Yeah. That's what that's what Bojack would say. Um, yeah. yeah. Alex, Alex, how do you relate to uh, Bojack in this episode?
1: Sigh. Okay. No, um, yeah he's <laughs> not a Look, feminist he's not there with us yeah uh, no i i i i feel
3: weird about checking this episode because it, it, i mean it once again it hits into the thing of society right that like right now we're in a place where people are incentivized to support causes like this so then you get into the cynicism part of your mind which is like are these people supporting it because they actually support it or because they like the praise that comes with it. And that that's a thing that we do need to come to terms with ourselves uh, d- deep down. And with with someone as superficial as Bojack, he's never going to get to that point in his life. He's just like, "Okay, well yeah, this sounds good. I'm I'll I'll talk about it." Sure. But like it, it is is it something that as a society we need to talk with it's something we need to talk about.
0: Yeah. And of course, where there's like the layer of uh, of truth directly below the absurd, absurdist commentary here with um with like, uh, yeah, this is this is what a lot of men do. They're just uh, like doing it for like the the brownie points and uh, like trying to appear like good people and not actually supporting like clearly Bojack is not actually understanding the the uh, the morality of uh, the the good morality of what he's he's trying to portray here. He's just doing it to for the applause like we got into. Yeah, uh, I feel very apparent from this episode. Sam, what did you how, how do you think um, this episode tapped into what you've seen from from men being feminist in the world?
2: Well, it was very accurate, I would say. Not not calling out you, Dylan, of course, because you know, you're my best friend. Um, but it definitely is that way a lot of the time. You'll encounter a lot of dudes just being like, you know, one day they'll be like, oh, yeah, like, fuck women, blah, 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 blah. But then the next day, in order to, like, perceivably get, like, you know, in somebody's good graces... They'll be like, oh, yeah, women, the future is female, blah, 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 blah. When they don't fucking believe it. You know, it's like you were saying, it's like more or less for like the brownie points a lot of the time with a lot of dudes. And you see it just like all over the place. Men trying to appear progressive or appear woke or this, that and the other because they want to get in some girl's pants. Usually. Or. Sorry. I think, um, they're <laughs> not to, like, bring up SNL, because I fucking hate SNL, but to bring up SNL, they have this good sketch from a couple months, years ago. It was, like, uh, the male feminist sketch, where it was basically, like, fucking all the male, like, dudes trying to hit on, a uh, Cecily Strong and just be like, hey, you know, that guy was such a douche. But, you know, I want to, like, eat you out, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, ew, and then, like, pushes him away and just, like, constant thing. And then, oh, no, the girl actually gets into, like, you know, the chauvinistic feminism sort of thing. Where it's just, like, a tool to, like, you know, fuck people at that point. Which I think is just bullshit, you know? That's not the the end-of-the-day thing. It's, you know, treating your fellow human beings with respect. And recognizing that, you know... There is a disadvantage in this world to being a woman. And the way that things are going now, it's been, you know, from, what, 100, 200 years ago, being like, oh, yeah, feminists are fucking spinsters. And they're uh, just, you know, going against God, blah, blah, blah. To, like, oh, they're just fucking whiny whores or they're this, that, the other. To a tool for men to sleep with women, which I think is bullshit. So that's that on that.
0: Yeah. And I, uh, and I well, think that even if it's not, um, even when it's not directly brownie points, um, it, 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 still is, um, men espousing feminism in order to like think of themselves as good people. It's like yeah. that rather than actually understanding, um, you know, the, the struggles of, of women and like, uh, how it, how it directly, um, to how it directly applies, you know, it's just like, it's, it's from a selfish perspective. Like I, I'm like, oh, this progressive person, I'm going to think of myself as a feminist rather than coming at it from, uh, from what's actually Actually, underneath, and, and, uh, and I think this episode did, did a good job of uh, portraying all of that.
3: And staying on this topic, this comes a little bit later in the episode. But when one the quote that stuck out to me, Diane being like, "Being a woman is not a hobby or pet interest of yes. mine. You you get to play Joss Whedon and everyone cheers, and you get to move on. But I'm still here. So like that's a, another thing that we have to consider with feminism, right? The like. The, what women need to be at the forefront of it because they're the ones that are most in tune with what the issues are. The men get to support things that come come in front of them, but then day, if we walk walk off, like uh, nothing happens, but the the women are stuck with the issues that that, that are still there. So it's a, that's just a, another big thing that maybe gets over overlooked sometimes, the fact that we there needs to be more attention paid to the people who are actually going through the issues in order to be able to help them. And that is sometimes something that gets lost when you're just supporting a cause because it's
0: popular. Yeah, I think that episode does a great job portraying that. That, that Diane saying that is one, again, a super, one of the most direct things the show has ever said. Um, so that, like, right along with her, her whiteboard lecture, you know, she's just, she's just saying, uh, it's progressive discourse, so a lot of large points of this episode. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, it, I think because of that, it's one of the show's most, most clear, uh, most clear messages that we've had. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of that Diane stuff throughout the episode. Also, she's, um, w- all this results in her, Coming on as a consultant to Philbert, Um, and then we get uh,
2: fucking mommy Malik.
0: Yeah, Flip says when the show comes out, people look at the credits and say, "Huh, a lady worked on that show. Guess it's not sexist." (laughs) And uh, I thought that was another great line.
2: I want to be like, okay, not not knocking down Bojack, but the so this episode was probably the first time I've ever actually looked at the credits like after the opening intro and noticed there is mostly dudes working on this mm-hmm. and they're doing this. And like, where does that put us in this world? Anyway. Yeah, that's...
0: yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean, animation in general, still um, too heavily male dominated. I mean, the show has a lot of female writers. This episode I think was written by a man, um, but and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely true even of, of Bojack still. And, uh, and ironically. on it
1: and ironically writers on this episode might even go out and be like yeah i wrote that feminist episode like there might like i don't think there are a ton of people like that but there might be someone in the show who might do that like there's enough there's, there's a wide enough cross section there where there could be a man who worked on this show wrote helped write this episode and said yeah i i helped write that feminist thing and it's just like and it gets back to that whole thing where it's just is this patting yourself on the back if that's what's going on here for just saying something that's just true or something, about something that should just be how it is and it just makes me really mad that some of that stuff could happen but i don't want to like call it out i'm just saying just people do that and it's very frustrating yeah um we
0: also have uh mr peanut butter coming on as uh fritz in at the end of this episode
2: how does mr um, peanut butter keep getting jobs with bojack horseman like how does that keep fucking happening princess <laughs> sorry, carolyn so-
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. They share the same manager.
3: That's yeah, pretty much
0: <laughs> Also, he he wants to work with Bojack. They're best friends. Um, I mean, it, I guess. Uh, we, as I mentioned, we have Anna Spanakopita as. Uh, as Vance's publicist in this episode. And then, um, Diane's like in the car with her. And then, uh, later Vance is like repeating lines that Diane said, um, when Vance is calling out Filbert for being sexist. Yeah, and he's, he's like, I'm a, I, I'm a feminist. <laughs> and as a feminist, Philbert is, it's another thing that, uh, that's rings true. I think is men just being able to, to say, uh, they're feminist when convenient and, uh, espousing that viewpoint. Um, and then, uh, later, uh, we get the thing with the tape. Um, and, uh, that, uh uh, Anna plays uh the, the tape of him talking about New mexico um look looking back from the whole season, I don't know how successful this plot line was for me honestly um It feels just like a, a narrative uh thread throughout the season rather than something that felt organically portrayed like it's like kind of Anna's role in this episode is pretty random and her just showing Day on the tape at the end it didn't feel very well integrated for me into the episode.
3: Well, initially, Anna is introduced as the publicist for Vance Wagner, and they get into this conversation where Diane has the opportunity to say things like, why why are we acting as a cover for these bad people, and does that make us complicit if we're doing that? And I think that part of the episode is important to the whole narrative of of, of the episode and the season, because it ends up building up to Diane having this giant conversation with BoJack about... Uh, facing the his error in New Mexico. So in the end, I think that it was an important piece to this season, because really, you can't have a season that's dealing with the lines blurring between Bojack's character and Bojack's life, the storyline about the time's up stuff, you can't handle any of that without handling the New Mexico stuff. And I think that bringing Anna into this is the most efficient way of getting that done.
0: Yeah I think it thematically ties in better than I guess the direct narrative thing of like her showing her her the tape here um but yeah I think I think I guess and that's more important thematically so it it doesn't degrade in that way um, we had uh, but episode I think ten was more of our uh BoJack um commentary on him as a vehicle for other characters like him, and you're not supposed to relate to him. Um, but we st- we had, I noticed that we had one line in this episode about that. We said uh, we're not supposed to like Filbert or agree with the things he does. There's this whole discussion about um, is is you know is Filbert a commentary or are we uh backing it up by uh by showing him the, this this male lead doing all these bad things? Um, so I like I like that it starts here and it's it's already tying into to the show and uh, also uh, clearly also like it's supposed to parallel Bojack himself. Um, uh, with this random gag of Ryan Seacrest types, um, father's scars. Yeah. Um, when Bojack leaves the interview early. <laughs> yeah. We um, should do a podcast like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, Where we all leave Dylan Dill- here
1: and Dylan just talks for yeah. about something. That's,
0: yeah. That's, I would finish the monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, then, I think that that's it. So then, the uh, last thing is the B plot of Mr. Peanut Butter isn't—he's not tough enough for the bad boy roles. Um, I
2: thought that was cute, to be honest. But it's he isn't
1: him. tough enough. He's like he's a dog. But it kind of runs completely opposite of his actual character arc this season, because the character arc this season is him realizing he needs to change, and this is a jokey subplot about him wanting to change, and so just kind of. It, it feels forced and n- on top of just being silly and kind of not with the rest of this episode. Yeah. I think it's supposed to contrast with his, his
0: plot line throughout the season where it's like his, his peanut butter's plot in the season is, Oh, he is a, he is a douchebag. Um, but uh, the, this, this episode is like, Oh, he's too nice. Um, well,
3: like this feels like a Mr. Peanut butter storyline from like
0: season two, maybe.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that SpongeBob episode, like the Windy hut junior. That's basically what it was.
0: The weenie. I, let, let's not compare it to the great weenie hut. uh yeah, yeah, Dylan,
2: that is literally what this episode was. <laughs> that the rhino Bob guy. I called. usually
0: don't. I usually don't defend SpongeBob, but that is a classic oh SpongeBob God. episode. We cannot compare it to the heights of, of that. <laughs> Mr. Peanut
2: Butter um, is also yellow.
0: Oh wow! Mr. It's Mr. Wow. Peanut Butter SpongeBob?
2: Oh, uh, he um, could be.
0: Yeah, so I, th- I think this plotline's fine. Like, I do, I, I think, I do think it's cute. It's just so, it feels so inconsequential. Inco- and, and
3: to, uh, to be fair, like, this B plot is a little bit more related than other B plots because, like, it's contrasting Mister Peanut Butter failing to be a bad guy versus an actual bad guy actor. So, like, in other episodes, it feels like the B plot is totally divorced from the A plot. At least here, there's like sort of a thematic connection. So. Yeah,
0: but, but I think in the th- in the messaging episode, it needs to tie in even more. Like the pressure on even more to like have something related and it feels just uh it, it feels uh inconsequential with this line of todd talking to estelle though which i thought was uh
3: i, I was gonna ask what does that joke mean like <laughs> is, is there any reason for that
0: she's talking to estelle i don't know is there like a like, hidden pond like missing? A cell? yeah it's Estelle like garnet what?
3: Yeah. Like,
2: like, Estelle. Oh, wow. I didn't, hmm. I forgot. <laughs> that's what he
3: said. Well, she didn't even speak. Uh, Mr. Peanut was like, Who are you talking to? And Todd is like, Estelle. That, that's the joke. I don't know what the joke <laughs> is.
2: you're <laughs> talking to Estelle.
1: That's, yeah. Uh, we I just, think the we, joke like, is that Todd's life is dumb that's the entire joke wasn't that that's
2: todd's
0: wow yeah and i did think that like the new there's a new sheriff in town and that's like oh thanks for keeping us informed like like it's funny it's just this is this to me is indicative of why the show sucks at b plots um as as the season is aware of as we directly comment in a later episode um we i feel like we're directly playing with the the a b narrative
1: I think this B plot would have been a lot better if it kind of touched on his ex-wife thing a little bit more, like instead of just dropping it on us in the party episode later, like we got a little hint of it here, but we really didn't. We didn't go that far with it. And that might have tied better into the Vance Wagner plot um yeah if, if
0: possible if this integrated better um with, with uh, all of this stuff i don't
3: know th- there's a line here where he fits as a guy's crossed eye the paparazzi guy and he's like i'm gonna go watch a wes anderson movie and see if i can perceive any depth in it yeah that's that's <laughs> that's,
0: that's, that's fine like, yeah pretty standard it, bojack joke i would say yeah um okay let's talk about the amelia Earhart story um. Yep. Last comments on project feminist. We're all, we're all thumbs up to varying degrees on that episode.
2: Yeah, we're all we're all
0: woke bays. Yeah, we're all woke bay. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm, feminist wearing feminism, I'm wearing my feminism is bay t shirt right now. Um. <sighs> they, yeah. I, what if they started selling those? Like oh my God. <laughs> uh-huh. listeners should just assume we're all wearing that shirt at all times yeah. That's basically my constant state of being.
2: I'm sure somebody has already put it up on, like, Red Bubble or something. Yeah, probably.
0: Okay, Amelia Heart story. Sam, this is your favorite episode of the season. Yes. So I think the main question is, like, what are you connecting to here? Is it this Princess Caroline backstory?
2: Yes, that is. Because, okay, so I am not planning to adopt a child, so that is not my personal thing. But the thing of, like, you know, growing up and not really having much and just having to do with, like, you know, your mom and, like, life and yada, yada, yada. It just, it hit me in, like, the mother place where Bojack's mom issues did not. You know what I mean? And I just thought it was a wonderful episode. It really played well with the back and forth of, you know, A plot, B plot, and I guess there was a C plot in the background there somewhere with Bojack just, like, killing himself, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it worked really well, and it was a really wonderful Princess Carolyn episode. Uh, probably this and Ruthie are really on par, I would say. It, it's interesting the
3: parallel brought up with Bojack's mom, right? Because Bojack's mom has been portrayed as just not liking Bojack at all throughout his entire life, wanting to get rid of him as soon as possible. But like the difference is Princess Carolyn's mom, like he, Princess Carolyn is the last one left. The, uh, mom tries to keep her around down to the very end like he has a plane ticket and she's like hey just stay around for one more year you know and like that that part to me is also especially relatable the idea that like the mom has a preferred person to stay around and help her do all, all her things and like they want to keep you around no matter what but at the same time you know personally that if you stay you're just going to keep staying like the next opportunity you never know when, it, when it's going to come to finally make your own life. And that that's the thing that with Princess Carolyn, it fits very well. And they built very well in this episode, like even from her housekeeper days, like always wanting to go, go forward, make things happen. But like she also has the mom to worry about. And that that's a very real dilemma that a lot of people go through, myself included. And so the, that that part is really what makes this episode stand out to me, that, that the relationship that they managed to build up between Princess Carolyn and her mom.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's, it is, it's a great point about, um, how it's a different type of a mom relationship than Bill Jack's. And I think these are two, um, things that a lot of people have related to and apply to a lot of people's lives. Um, and yeah, I think it, it does seem like a really great portrayal of, of this and like the, the, the mom at the end being like, can't you just do this one thing for me? and like um hmm. just not, yeah and, and, and like,
3: you know it's not gonna be just that one thing like yeah, the, it's gonna the, be the, more things
0: yeah and all of that you know and her just being like abusive at times and then like uh just really like uh really like saying like she needs her there and like uh, being supportive at times too um yeah all of that is just like heartbreaking and uh the, these backstory parts i feel like are incredible um, like, on their own, some of the best parts of the season. Um, and another thing that, like, I think is really incredible about the Princess Carolyn backstory here is how it is portraying this completely new dynamic with her that we didn't really know about in terms of the relationship with her mom, but also integrating what we did know about her her backstory. Like, the necklace in particular, um, that's, like, the main thing I feel like we've seen from her past and how that integrates into uh, her relationship with her mom um, I think it's, it's, it's just brilliant. It like really like portrays this holistic viewpoint of this character that I think enhances and already, um, really characters a lot of depth to it. Um, and I'm always impressed where you can, I'm like, I'm sure that they didn't have this backstory planned for this character, like even two or even two years ago, you know, this is, this is new stuff. So I'm always like really hugely impressed when we can like c- come up with this new things that just like enhance what we know about the character already.
2: Well, I mean, it wasn't, they did bring it up. And, um, what was it? Uh, Well, like, best thing that ever happened, she mentioned something
3: about having to cover for her drunk mom all the time, and, like, that's how she learned how to cook. Like, I remember that part very specifically as, too. okay, this is finally coming back here. Okay, so, yeah,
0: expanding on some some breadcrumbs we've
3: yeah it it could be retconning but like the point i think that in this episode they do a very good job of uh, you're right to incorporating details that we already knew about princess carolyn's life but finally putting them like in visual form like okay so now we're actually seeing her past life roll out as we've done for so many other characters in this show so far
0: yeah, um, I think I think like if you want to say this is the strongest Princess Carolyn episode, I think that's definitely valid because I think it's at least the strongest character episode for her. Like I think like Ruthie maybe hits like emotionally harder depending on who you are. Um, this episode is like uh, you know just just see- seeing how she got to who she is. I feel like this is a character I've struggled to connect to in terms of what we've gotten up with her in the present. Um, it's always felt a little bit um, typical. Um, to me, things that haven't had a lot of depth to it. This is like pure depth. I feel like that we're adding to this character. Um, so just for me, just could, could even be the most valuable episode this season in terms of enhancing the show overall. I feel like. Um, let's yeah the, I, the part the parts yeah, Andy.
1: Oh, I, I was just gonna say in talking about Ruthie in this episode, Ruthie. I think what what this episode lacks is that it doesn't have the same gut punch that Ruthie ends on, which sticks with you a lot longer, and so it just. I think you put a lot of weight into Ruthie just based on that last line from Princess Carolyn. And this episode instead goes for more of just a slow burn of an end because you know going into this episode, things aren't going to go go well for Princess Carolyn because that's just how it always goes. And so it just more draws out the moment of you uh, of the train wreck that you know is going to happen. So it's just a very different viewing experience. I think it makes a much better overall episode, but doesn't leave as much of a lasting impression at the very end, I think. Yeah, Ruthie is like a,
0: this gut punch twist at the end whereas this episode is also a gut punch with can't you just do this one thing for me and like her trying to stop her from leaving but it's not unexpected it's like yeah yeah this is this is what this is and that's heartbreaking on its own right it's like oh yeah i I know this is going to be disappointing and it is disappointing and like wow
2: everybody just has really sad lives
3: well, yeah. and it's interesting because to me, I didn't even get the sadness part of it, because obviously, you know that Princess Carolyn ends up making a life for herself, like she ends yeah. up becoming an agent, a manager. So in the end, this ends up being a positive for her. In that moment, obviously, it's sad, but w- w- because of how this episode portrays their mother-daughter relationship, it ends up feeling more like a you, ha- you had to do this moment rather than a, a feeling bad for a moment. And so... Like I, at least to me that helps because like Princess Carolyn like seeing her make decisions earlier in her life that made her the person she is today and like a person that is probably in, in the whole better off than what she would have been if she was she made herself stuck in that situation for longer than she needed to be like that 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 feels uplifting in a way almost
1: really you viewed it that way Alice because I took it completely different than that because in my opinion, when we're watching princess Carolyn go up through the ranks of manager and um and um wow agent and trying to get a kid, it's just like, it really emphasizes what's what, what not wrong. And that's the wrong word for it, but just what she yearns all the time. And the fact is that every time she gets something more, it's not the thing she actually wants, or it's not the thing that she thinks she wants. And it it really shows that her with her mom and her now really have the same problem. They want something, and they just can't get it. And it's just depressing that eight is it eighteen years eighteen years separated. She still has that problem with her life, and it's just heartbreaking. And that's a fair mean,
3: interpretation, but yeah. at the same time, you wonder what was the, was the alternative—just staying stuck in the same place—and her. Having oh those- yeah. Like So, like, when you think of what the alternative would have been, it's like, no, that that would have been even worse than where you are now. So, like, it's obviously a comparative thing, but
1: uh, I I I, I I agree with you. I don't know if you can grade life comparatively. You can only really grade what you have now. We can't really guess what would have happened if she had stayed there. And we could say, like, she stays there and everything just stays how it is like she just stays with her mom and just does cleaning all the time. But we don't know that's what's going to happen with her. I don't think it's fair to extrapolate like that with her life because we can only really grade what we, we have five seasons of grading her life in Hollywood compared to one episode of her with her mom. I don't know if that's something we can yeah, do. I, I think, I think the interpretation Alex provides that this is actually like kind of like a happy ending in that, um,
0: like she, she stands up for herself and she says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to LA, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to stay here um, with you yeah. despite you wanting me to. I think that that could be viewed as like a really, it's like an empowering, happy ending. And then Andy on the other hand is saying, well, yeah, that's true, but she's still not happy now. <laughs> and that's yeah. really depressing on its own right yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's this really happy moment, but still we know she, her life is kind of tragic in the present too.
2: But um, now she's unhappy in LA.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah Sam, so, how did you how did you view the ending with um? Can't you just do this one thing for me? And her actually flying away. Did you did you see it as happy, heartbreaking?
2: I thought it was heartbreaking for mom, obviously, because um, you know, like you know, empty nest syndrome, et cetera, et cetera. For Princess Carolyn, I think it was a really empowering thing. I think it was, you know, something that she needed to do for herself, obviously. And while in the present day, while she isn't like, you know, completely one hundred percent happy and like she has a lot of problems in her life, it definitely set her up for the better. You know, like she's not stuck in North Carolina and she's not, you know, basically taking on the maid job again and she's not doing this, that, and the other. She's like, you know, by you know the what do you call it it's it's like you know you don't really want to compare your life to other people's in terms of oh yeah i live in la and i'm a manager and that makes me more successful than being a fucking maid in north carolina blah 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 okay. and that's just like not a good way to think <laughs> I uh,
0: so i I think I think the episode itself is trying to um solve is trying to answer the what you guys are ta- commenting on here and I think it's trying to say that she is better off now because we see her in the present and she's really good at her job like that's something that yeah. the episode is, yeah. is portraying really well like wow you can you can sell things to everyone like that, that episode is con- constantly she's co- she's taking calls from people she's solving problems she's enjoying it um I think the episode itself is telling us the answer to that which is that yeah she, she is happier she is better off for having left.
3: Well, at the same well, time, I think another thing to highlight here is when, uh, at the end, when Sadie and uh, Princess Carolyn get into the fight, Princess Carolyn lets out something along the lines of, "I'm gonna have let this baby have a better life," and Sadie's like, "What do you mean better?" Because, like, in Sadie's eyes, Princess Carolyn is someone who just left North Carolina for Hollywood, and that alone made her like made Princess Carolyn in her eyes a better person. But I think the flashback does important work in emphasizing that it's not just the fact that she left a maid job; like, you can be happy in a maid job it's fine but it's also the fact that she was stuck in a manipulative relationship with her parents she wasn't able to really she didn't have total control over her own decisions she was and also to the point with the wallaces too like she was going to get married but because the wallace parents wanted her to get married not necessarily because she made that decision so i think that it's both both sides are are valid, obviously. And like, what what kind of life would you prefer? But at the same time, like, I think that this episode does a really good job of when you're talking about who has a, a better life or what 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 decisions in your life made your life the way it is today. Oftentimes, we're missing context when we make judgments like uh, like that. And it's important to consider that when when thinking about different people, Sadie doesn't have that context of what kind of family Princess Carolyn came from, and that's why she's like, "Well, what do you mean better? Like just just because you live in Los Angeles?" But in Princess Carolyn's side, it's like, "No, I'm gonna raise my, uh, the baby differently than how my my uh, I was raised," and that'll that it itself is a huge thing in order to give someone a better life. So I, I I just love the that kind of a contrast emphasized in this episode between like just the idea of leaving somewhere and as opposed to leaving a dynamic a relationship dynamic that defines defines what kind of control you have over it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a great point about how the episode also comments on that with that line from Sadie. Um, the episode very nuanced in saying, well, you know, like n- n- neither lifestyle necessarily better. Yeah, Princess Caroline w- would would raise her better relative to, to how she was raised. I think all, I think it's like in, in general, neither is better, but for Princess Caroline, this was a good thing. I think is what the ultimate takeaway we get, which was her, Mm. you know, her leaving was a good thing as we see her, um, you know, being relatively happy and in her manager job. Um, so this is a really
2: sticky issue. I say, and
0: I think, I think the fact that we've brought up like multiple sides and viewpoints to this and we've had direct lines and quotes from the episode to support one, them shows how strong, uh, this episode is and how much depth there is to it. Um, like, there's just so many areas that the episode itself gets into. This isn't even our building on top of the episode. We're literally just talking about what the episode yeah. is presenting us. Um, like, that's, that, that's why Bojack, I think, is an amazing show. Like, this is, this is something we're really not able to do with many other shows on TV. Um, the, 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 the parts of Princess Caroline's backstory, we, we've covered, I think, most of them. I think also just the, her watching the Amelia Earhart movie um i think that's really great Uh,
2: (laughs) oh
0: yeah quoting it yeah i think
2: feels
0: yeah um and uh we have her thing with uh the cooper um the the wallace son and uh gets she she gets pregnant and then has her miscarriage and i think how that relates to her present situation as well Um, i also really heartbreaking
1: I also think that this is also another moment in the season because they really harp this season on every, the main cast are all just kind of circling the drain, just doing the same thing over and over again. And this is Princess Carolyn's moment to show us that she's kind of doing the same thing over and over again. She's trying to have a baby. She has a miscarriage. Her life kind of, she feels really bad and she tries to have a change. And that's just what she's doing over and over and over again, trying to get happier, trying to find that thing that gets her a kid or gets her a better position in her job and so she can be more stable so she can have a kid so she can get more stable like and it's just it's just the same cycle over and over again and that it really hurts <laughs> her cycle i think hurts me the most i don't it, know why it really
0: it really hurts andy's review of bojack in general
1: yeah
2: it wasn't this episode where somebody said hey just because you know you can't have a baby doesn't make you less of a woman or whatever yeah it, that was another episode right
0: yeah
2: i think that's a good point i think that's for princess but- carolyn in general especially like seeing this episode and seeing like how her mom interacted with her when like she was pregnant and just like her whole family stuff you know i think that was a great point to bring up like you know just because you can't have a baby or maybe you're not ready to adopt or this that and the other doesn't make you less
1: of a woman but it makes her less Princess Carolyn, and that's uh, the point. I she wants it's something she wants, and so for her, it's just heartbreaking. I never want a kid, never, but she does, and so this is part of her life that's been torn from her without without any choice from her. So I I, I get that there's like it's completely fine if a woman doesn't want to have a kid, but there has to be some consideration that she wants it, and. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. Well, I, yeah, I, I,
0: that's, well, it's a good, it's a good point from Andy there. And, um, I think, I think that this episode, I've had trouble connecting to Princess Carolyn's desire to have a kid. Same, same things as Andy's getting into. And I think this episode enhances it a lot. Um, yeah. in terms of like telling us, giving us more context for that. Well, and this show is
3: also like again hammering parental influence, right? Because like the mom's first reaction is "you blew it," so like putting the fault on her for the miscarriage, and that's something that sticks with her throughout her life. Like whenever she gets these miscarriages, she ends up putting the blame on herself. But like you see that it begins from the from the first time, and so that's something that sticks in her mind. Something she wants to overcome because maybe to prove prove something wrong. But, uh, like just seeing it happen for the first time and coming from someone as close as your mother like it it helps it's it helps give an extra layer as to why Princess Carolyn feels that way in like season th- season uh, four when that happens
0: that's probably the roughest part of the episode for me was her mom like starting to berate her after she tells her she had she had a miscarriage like it's just absurdly abusive um it was, yeah, it's really bad, yeah. Um, and then, and then in the same scene, she turns, turns it around, like, and then starts supporting her and comforting her, like, seconds after. Um, just that, that, the people being capable of doing both and, like, it feeling real, like a realistic portrayal of that and a mother-daughter dynamic. I mean, it's just, like, it's just, like, heartbreaking. God,
2: Dylan, haven't you seen Ladybird?
0: Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think Lady, this is, that's a good comparison, this and Ladybird. I think there's a lot of similarities. It's exactly
2: but, the same thing, except mine is the miscarriage stuff. Right, right? I mean, this, yeah. it's
0: like even like the, the Princess Carolyn mom here are probably like worse in a lot of areas, but like, yeah, the, that's like one of the strengths of Ladybird is like portraying them immediately, portraying them fighting and then being like really sweet the next moment.
2: That's just um, how it be sometimes.
0: Yeah, and I think Ladybird shows it as like, kind of normal um and like um affectionate like viewpoint of that and this is like an a, this is abusive and terrible viewpoint of yeah. it but both are like kind of sides of the same coin both, maybe. Are, I don't valid. Know. both are like yeah. things that happen
1: yeah just
2: speaking as a uh girl who has had issues with my mom tm i think both sides are valid on that
0: yeah it's i mean just yeah i that's it's it's just this incredibly i think complex thing that the show is capturing and and also like this is like capturing it in 22 minutes even less with other stuff happening in the episode and lady bird is like having this whole movie to talk about it and bojack is like also like equally successful i think that's just incredible um yeah okay i guess the the other stuff in the episode is the stuff from the present with sadie um as uh you know later as we learn this is all relevant as she is going to have she is going to adopt sadie's porcupine child um later and uh the 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 flea the flea market meeting the family that was it was kind of weird when strip comes in he's just like this porcupine
1: i'm like okay i'm sorry i need to comment on that dylan because we watched that last night we finished the season we turned it off it sat there for like a minute and kate turned to me and said can we talk about how a porcupine came out of a human vagina
3: okay i asked this question too yeah i did. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like it's a strange thought
2: <laughs> apparently i th- th- was it you alex or was it somebody else they looked it up apparently when porcupines are born their needles are soft but this porcupine baby had needles full needles blanket so like that's well, just gonna...
0: mis- mis- mysteries of the bojack horse you know
2: what maybe continue. she had a c-section
0: hmm mm look there's, yeah, there's, you didn't think there's about a lot that. of questions about how animals work with with humans here um oh my God. but but yeah the 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 meeting the family um so yeah princess sadie Conrad, as we talked about um and uh oh yeah princess carolyn tells her to do what's best for her um we've uh we trace the appearance in this telling uh telling princess carolyn sadie said uh said no um and then yeah. um yeah. Uh, I I thought this this these parts were less strong basically. Um although still still pretty good too. You know the, there the were pre- good
2: freeze frame moments.
0: Freeze frame moments.
2: Yeah. Like the t-shirt in the flea market. It was like <laughs> stop pause <laughs> to the show. Oh yeah. Okay. The um, bots but...
0: and post on Reddit, yeah. There I don't also... okay.
1: oh go ahead.
2: No, okay. My thing is just um I don't get how Strib is a nickname for Dennis. <laughs> yeah we,
0: we, no one gets it
3: i think that's a southern thing right like uh, names that the nicknames that have nothing to do with the real names i, I feel yes. like that's
0: a thing yeah we also kind uh, of get into that with the uh, trey coop coop yeah like all that Yeah. That, that,
3: yeah. But, uh, also in the flea market there's a good sign stuff i stole to make money to buy
0: heroin <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, just good, how it good, be sometimes good background stuff um the, the other parts of this episode the sign from your favorite star gag with bojack um, that came back a few times. And then, yeah. um, Bojack, uh, the plot advancement, Bojack, uh, does, fired his stunt double, doesn't want to do the motorcycle stunt, then, uh, falls off the roof. Um, and then, uh, he's, uh, he's in the hospital at the end with, uh, and he the, dies. And he
2: died, yeah. And, uh, also,
0: yeah, like, died. what, also, what day is it right now? net says Todd. Um, mm. day page. I thought that was good. Um, I think this episode just integrates all the, like, plot stuff of her calling everyone and, uh, then, just uh, that all coming like tying together and also like advancing the plot and then Bojack like being hurt and on medication, like and that's uh, starting his pill addiction. Um, it's seamlessly tied into this episode and into the season as a whole. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Honestly, us no. I, I talking about it, I've just convinced myself that this episode is a lot better than I thought it was before because that's incredible. Um the bee with her in the present is fine, and then there's, ins- and there's so much depth to these flashbacks. Like, uh, this is just such a such a great narrative episode. Like uh I'm I'm super impressed here.
3: I forget. Does Bojack end up blaming Princess Carolyn for the injury later on or or no? No, he
1: thanks her for letting him get injured because everyone No, no, like-
3: in, in in this episode, yes, because he's hopped up on painkillers, but I mean like later on in the season, is there a discussion oh. about that? Because I feel like that that's a, that's something that we have to talk about, right? Like uh, she, she she's going to do this thing with the baby, but because of that, like and her not really paying attention to what the gut people are saying, like Bojack ends up in this situation.
1: He does say something. It's when he's in the in the trailer with the manoray. He says uh, he he gets snippy with her about it, and he says like You're gonna be a great mom. You like left me here, and got me injured, and then but then he right, apologizes right. and goes to sleep. Like he realizes right when he says it that he's in the wrong, and uh-huh. I think, so, so it never really goes more than that. I don't think.
2: Okay,
3: no, I I just find that interesting. Like it, it begins here, with, like Bojack's like true spiral into life yeah. like his sobriety ends here at this episode.
0: Yeah, and it's it's through Princess Carolyn's desire to keep the production moving quickly um, that that does ultimately put BoJack in that bad situation that she as as her friend as his friend should have recognized that this is not something that would be healthy for BoJack him being on on all this medication. Um, but at the same time, it's definitely still BoJack's fault.
1: Yeah, uh, it that- it, yep. <laughs> it goes with like the thing she said to her mom. Like it's not, at some level, it's not her entire responsibility to that. It's not her responsibility that BoJack. Strangled Gita at the end of the season. Yeah, it's not, it's, right, it's, right. It's, it's not
0: her fault. She did she did uh, put a, bring about that position. Um, yeah, def- definitely definitely not. It's definitely Bojack's fault. He's terrible. Yeah. Um, and, and
3: but... I, I actually like this episode for like Sadie noticing these things because I feel like a lesser show might have like kept Sadie as like a comedically the backwards hick character, so to speak, but like at the end, it's like I've seen you bullshitting the people. Everyone is called like you. you say you like my clothes, but you didn't like make any effort to like per- get anything from me out of it. So like I, I appreciate Sadie's portrayal in this episode, especially on second watch. Like just her, her not being portrayed as the classic uh, backwards character, but like someone who is more perceptive than Princess Carolyn is giving her credit for.
0: Yeah. I think I think Sadie's portrayal is also, yeah, really good in all those ways. Okay, I'm tentatively moving this up to my number two episode of the season. Uh, that's that's pretty pretty big. My favorite of gag
2: of this episode. It yes. was like what?
0: We didn't say it yet?
2: No, we didn't. It was okay, so the Cooper Family, whatever the fuck their last name is, Wallace. Yeah. Whatever. Oh,
0: is is it the um, uh, the answering
2: machine empire? The answering machine empire. Oh my God. And then like the dad is like, well, you could always marry Samantha Floppy Disk, and I yeah. was like, oh that's God. so great. I wish <laughs> I personally went by Samantha, so I could just make my Discord name Samantha Floppy Disk.
0: Yeah, should you should make it that? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> it's, not... a, it's a good name. Okay, I so Well, so, maybe
2: Samantha
3: goes by Sam for short. Sure. Sam Floppy.
0: Yeah, time, that's <laughs> I know about Samantha that. floppy disk's take on the episode. Um, yeah, Andy, final thoughts on both episodes.
1: I I I had a different reaction to four than you guys. I really enjoyed listening to that. That um, you guys connected with that a little bit more. I wanna I wanna watch it again now. Four again, just to see if I feel a little different about it. But five, man, it's just it's just tough. I. It, I think I'm having a bigger reaction just talking about it now than even just watching it because there's just so many different layers and different ways you can look at this episode and just I'm excited to rewatch the season at some point. Yeah, really. That was, a, that was a
0: great episode to talk about. We got into yeah. a lot of depth there in our in our discussion. Yeah, Um, Alex, final thoughts.
3: Yeah, I mean, we don't get as much as Princess Carolyn as maybe we we want to, but, but that makes these episodes feel all the more special, you know? Like where we finally get like Princess Carolyn focused episodes. And especially like the BoJack Horseman does so good at backstory episodes. I feel like it's very rare when a backstory episode backfires on this. So, like, adding backstory plus Princess Carolyn just makes it a, a, a very special episode. So I, I agree that talking about it just, like, unearths, like, all the depth that is in that episode and is definitely one of the strong points of this season. And, uh, yeah, Bojack the Feminist, it's the the, the the social episode. I I, I still stick to it being a very funny episode on top of being a... a a pointed, focused episode and so that's why it probably it will i will probably be on the higher end of of opinions on it just because the, at least to me the hu- the humor landed and i i like the the focusedness of it
0: uh the amelia Earhart story of this season's uh the old triggerman place yeah i think there's a lot of comparisons there as as backstory episodes mm-hmm. um past and present parallels um both both incredible episodes sam final thoughts on these two
2: uh obviously amelia Earhart Earhart Her- Her- episode Great, wonderful, beautiful, mwah, like a like a nice wow. dish. Um, Bojack the Feminist, it- beautiful episode as well. Uh, the one thing we didn't really touch on that I I I brought it up in the recap thing, but Diane's whole thing, um, with Bojack talking about, you know, if you are friends with a guy who is just doing all this bad shit like you are kind of complacent in that and you're kind of like encouraging it and her thing with like girl crush and like oh if i cover this uh guys are just gonna call me like a dumb slunt blah 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 i thought that was very hashtag relatable as we all know um so that's kind of that commentary is what kind of lifted it up for me the diane side of things you know You know, you can't take a break from being a woman on the Internet, unfortunately, but it just, you know, it is what it is. So I liked it. Thumbs up.
0: Nice thumbs up. Okay. So, yeah, two, two great episodes here. Let us know what you thought of Bojack, the feminist, and the meal, story in our comments, overlyanimated.com on our YouTube, youtube.com slash overlyanimated. We'll be continuing our Bojack season five recaps. Um, not going to be as quickly as the uh, turnaround on this one versus the last one over the next few weeks. We'll, we'll get the rest of the season out and, uh, find all that out at overlyanimated.com. Make sure to subscribe to our Bojack feed on iTunes to not miss any of that. Um, you can also talk about Bojack with us on our Discord, overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Um, so, so the number one way to support us is via our Patreon patreon.com slash overlyanimated thank you very much to all of our current patrons especially our patron in the podcast brandon aka brendan aka Kells, and thanks as well to our patron executive producers john ryan steve alex and hugh we will be um check out other stuff at overlyanimated.com we'll be back with more bojack of course but we also have other stuff um up including uh hilda a new netflix show a lot of netflix stuff uh, M- and many things last weekend. um big netflix animation um on a lot of great shows here bojack the uh, especially so um all that at overlandmated.com thank you guys very much for listening we will see you next time bye adios Bye. bye bye